Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 100 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. I am your host, Brent Coley, an elementary principal in beautiful Southern California. And joining me today for, once again, a very special episode. I didn't think, when I started this podcast three, four, five years ago, I wasn't sure if we were going to get to a dozen episodes, much less 50, but here we are at 100. So to celebrate the historic event, I have returning, he's a returning guest, my father. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing well. All I'm right. Doing well. I've got Don, the, the esteemed Don Coley, um, my father here. He was at episode, was it six? Number Dad? six. Number six. So it's been 94 episodes, but uh, I thought when I was getting close to 100, I thought, Dad, I'm gonna, I wasn't sure what we were going to do for episode 100, but then I had the idea, but we'll get there in just a second. For anyone who hasn't listened to episode six, because that was a long time ago, give us a brief rundown, because we'll get into more like the episode itself, but introduce yourself. Uh, well, you've introduced me. I'm Don Coley, and I think the reason that you really picked me is because uh, I'm closest in age to 100 <laughs> than probably anyone else that you have. Uh, as you know, I retired at the end of last year uh, and uh, am kind of positioning myself for the next season. I'm uh, going to be 76 in a couple of months, and I'm really looking forward to where we go from here. Yes, yes. Well, um, close to 100. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I won't go into if you're the oldest guest or not. That's, that's relevant, but certainly potentially, um, one of the, one of the wisest guests that I've had on, if not the wisest with, with some experience that I want you to share today. So the title of this episode, and this is the idea I had was, like you said, you have recently retired and you've had a long career in leadership positions and I thought, gosh, now that you've retired, I would love for you to share, I think I said like, I want you to share like leadership lessons mm -hmm. for any level. And you came back and said, no, I got a better title than that. It was eight things. Eight things I wish I knew when I started. Eight things I wish I knew when I started, which is like, yeah, that's a little better than what I had in in. In mind, and I don't know what you're going to say. You you were you were going to tell me a few days ago. I said no, no, no. Don't tell me what you're going to say. Well, I called you the next day. I think, and I think I found eight more things that I wish I knew when I started. Because when you get to this point, there's a lot of things you wish you knew when you'd started, and that's one of the things that you're an educator. In my own way, I'm kind of an educator. Uh, if you're going to be a lifelong learner and educator, you've got to find an avenue to teach to share. So mm -hmm. that's what we're all about. And and that's why I'm doing the podcast, to hopefully share um, nuggets of, of whether it's wisdom or experience. So I'm excited. So for anyone listening, regardless of what position you're in, whether you are a classroom teacher, an instructional aide, a playground supervisor, a principal, an assistant principal, or not even an education, everybody is a leader of someone. Maybe you're just a parent, not just a parent. Maybe you are a parent, you are leading your family, your kids. So eight things you wish you knew. Let's, let's jump in. What is, and again, I don't know what you're gonna say. So let's go, what's number one? What's number one, number one, don't be the smartest person in the room. Mm. 
So yeah, because the because the peril in being the smartest person in the room is that there's people in the group in the room with you who know you aren't. <laughs> okay? Yeah, ev- probably everybody knows everybody you're knows. not. Yes. You know, and and even if you are the smartest person in the room, you know what I'm saying, don't be the smartest yeah. person in the room because there there's an air that comes with that smartest person in the room that is going to cut you off from being able to gather all the information that you need to have to be a good leader. So even if you're the smartest person in the room, don't be the smartest person in the room because I think a quality, uh, and sometimes this isn't seen this way, uh, but a respected, high-quality leader has a spirit of humility about them that, that, you know, the yes. when you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably also the most arrogant person in the room. And and if I'm if I was to be able to go back and do something, I would I would shed the cloak of arrogance much earlier than I did and pick up the mantle of humility and and be part of the people in the room working towards a goal. I love that. I I I think I've heard it said, if, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Because, like you said, first of, first of all, they probably know you're not the smartest in the room. And then if you are the smartest person in the room, um, as you were saying, excuse me, as you were saying that, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're not going to grow yourself. You need to surround yourself with people that are... Um, so yeah, smarter than you. <laughs> and, and, and I think that that takes us to a, to another point, and that is, um, and, and this is difficult for some. I, I've 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 seen it, and, and maybe they've maybe you've heard the expression <clears throat> A's higher A's, and B's higher C's. Okay, uh, if you are an A quality person, you want to surround yourself with A quality people. But yes. if you if you're a little bit you're a little bit gun shy a little bit whatever and if you're a B you're not going to hire somebody equal to or above you because they're a threat yeah they're a threat you're going to hire a C all right A's hire A's and B's hire C's or worse because they want to be the smartest person in the mm-hmm. room so if you're if you're in that room and you're surrounded by people. Um, that you you want them to feel like they've got something to contribute to the conversation, uh, and and it that arrogance that stifling um, it, it will will shut you away from the kinds of accomplishments that you can reach if you're not worried about who's going to get the credit. Oh, amen. Yeah, because. Absolutely, you're going to do a better job. I, I, I'm consistently amazed by. I mean, people around me make me look good in my job. <laughs> it's kind of like, wow, your school's it. It's not because I mean, it's oftentimes despite me. It's because I've surrounded myself with people who, <laughs> more often than not, are better yeah. than me. <laughs> so, so you know, one of the things that 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 I would learn or, or would I would pass on is. Risk hiring people who are more gifted than you are 
in certain ways. Mm. Okay, they're probably not going to be gifted in sure. every way than you are because then you'd probably be interviewing with them. Yeah. All right. Um, but if if you can take people who are gifted in actually in different, different ways, ways, in different ways, yeah. Because what you want to do is you want to complement yourself and the other members of your team in such a way that they can come together. Um, and this is I'm I'm going to come I'm going to use three words today that I think need to be discussed, and and um, I should probably finish that thought. Um, you 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 want to be a whole team mm-hmm. okay and and that that whole team brings us to the first word the first root that that comes from that and and that's if you've got elementary school teachers that are teaching numbers they're going to be talking about integers right mm-hmm. and what is an integer it's a whole number you get to fractions later on you get to you know, breaking up that sure. hole later on. But if 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 you're going to be complete as a leader, you want to surround yourself with A's as much as you possibly can. And then that, that have gifts that, that they bring to the table that that combined yeah. you have the ability to go places you will never yeah. get by yourself. Yeah. Well if you think of you think of leaders around us from from government leader they surround themselves i mean the presidents throughout history have cabinets and that those people have specialized skills specialized experiences that they lean on in in cases where okay i'm not the expert here enlighten me lead or lead me how i should lead type type thing so yeah that now that, that that takes me off okay. off the track okay. here. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay because because you talk about the president and the cabinet, and and, and if I could go to a, to a, a leader with a spirit of humility, learn the right pronoun. We. we oh, there okay. We go. Because the because it's first person plural, not first person singular. Amen. Everybody knows they have a cabinet. Everybody knows the leader. If he's using I I I I I. That's he a, hasn't quite caught on yet. Yeah. You know, he he's someday, hopefully, he'll think that's I should have listened to Don Coley and Brent Coley's <laughs> podcast back there and learned about we. Yeah. The power of we cannot be overstated. Amen. Amen. So a little bonus nugget for number yeah, one. Okay. Go. So how about number two? What is the second thing that you wish you had learned when you started? Well, wish you'd known that. I wish I'd known when I started, or at least you know. And and, and some of these I knew, but then you know, and you know, you you yes. can mine the depths of things. Yes. So the, the, the the second one would be, um, would be the word integrity. Hmm. If you do not have integrity as a leader, you will lose trust, and if you lose trust. Nobody's following you. Nobody's following you. And 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 Brent, you know, in in the early '90s, we moved to Minnesota, and you you were there for a very short period of time before you fled back to Southern California. <laughs> um, but some sometime, maybe 12, 13 years after after the whole family moved back to California, there was a a, a bridge collapse. 
over the Mississippi River on Interstate 35W. It was in 2007, and I think 13 people died. The, the bridge collapsed because it lost its structural integrity. All right, and, and, and uh, I know that there are people who following that uh, weren't maybe as confident in going out over bridges. There, mm, you after know, that. There, there's, a, there's a trust factor that's there. And, and for a leader, it is just, in, in fact, this is the primary thing. The, the don't be the smartest person in the room. Okay, that's kind of, we put that there. Sure. But a leader must have integrity, must be a person of their word, must model what it is that they're saying, must not give a book to their cabinet and say, read the book and the people in the cabinet read the book and, and, and the, the leader is talking about the glowing terms about this book, but not following it. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the bridge collapsed, the bridge failed to do what it purported to do. It was intended to take me from here to there. It represented itself in the mind of the people who were going to be carried across the river on it. Yeah, it's going to get them safely, safely. there. The leader needs to ha- needs to have the trust of his people that what he says is what he's going to do. He's going to be a person of integrity because you have to have trust if you're going to bring that cabinet together and they're going to work together, which takes you into the third word, if you will, and that's integrated. They all come from the same root. And when you're integrated, you're taking people in. You you know as well as I do that I, I grew up playing baseball. I, mm-hmm. I, I coached at Westmont College in, in a couple of years. The job of a manager of a baseball team or, or football is to put the players in the right position. And when a leader hires A's, hires the right people, he needs to make sure that he's going to, he or she, he or she. pardon me, mm-hmm. uh, puts them in the right positions. Because it's important that they be in the right position to, to number one, for the benefit of the, of the, of the, the whole team, mm-hmm. But number two, if they're playing in the wrong position, you're not the only one that knows that. They know they, it. They, know it. Yeah. they, you know, you you see somebody who's 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 part of your team and they're struggling, and it's not because of lack of effort. It's not because of lack of desire. It's just they're probably playing out of out position. Of position. Yeah. All right. So find a place to put them if you at all can put them in their sweet spot where they can excel. See if you can find a place. In some cases, you might want to create a position to put that person where they can be a, a contributing factor. Playing out, playing out a position. I, I Yes, from a, from a sports perspective, I can relate to that. And then also, yeah. And I liked how you said the manager, the coach, the leader is not the only one who knows it. The person themselves knows it, which leads to decreased self-esteem. You th- you think your value is lower. It's like I'm not I'm not doing a good job, and it may just be because I'm I'm not in the right place to do. And and think about the fact that if if you're if you wake up in the morning, 
and you're going to a job that you know that you're it's not your sweet spot it's not where you want to be you don't want to be there yeah. because you know you're not performing you're a leader is not doing a favor to a let's say a an an underperforming individual not doing them a favor if he doesn't sit down he or she doesn't sit down and talk with them and try to work through a resolution of those issues, making sure that, you know, it may be that they're not performing well because the leader hasn't given them all the resources. Mm -hmm. It may be that they're not performing because the leader hasn't set out the expectation. Uh, it may that be that the leader hasn't given the encouragement and the feedback. There's all sorts of factors that are there. And one of the things that, that I kind of put down, and, and this was something that I've used now for the last 15 years of my career in a, in a, in a, a fairly good-sized nonprofit, is the truth is always your friend. Mm -hmm. The truth is always your friend. Leaders have to grab on to that. They have to understand the truth is always their friend, even if they don't like it when they see it. You have to, you, there's, there's, and there's so many dimensions and, and little rabbit trails we could go out on that one, but I think you've got to be at school tomorrow, so <laughs> we, we won't go there. Um, but, but if the truth is your friend, that's going to require you to be courageous uh -huh. and, and make a, uh, an appointment and sit down and have a hard conversation not just for the benefit of the team, but for the benefit for the, of the individual. the individual. Yep, yep. And while it may be uncomfortable in the moment, mm -hmm. and make no mistake, they're called uncomfortable conversations for a reason, yep. because they're uncomfortable, but moving forward, it, everybody will benefit from that. And that, that kind of goes, a leader who, who sits down in, in one, of those, one of those conversations must, they're gonna talk about the past, but the focus must always be on the future. Mm -hmm. Whatever I say that happened needs to be said in such a way that it motivates better performance in the future. Mm -hmm. And if I could jump to something else here, I, I, um, I have, I've, you, you know, a couple of 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 examples uh, that that we've talked about in the past. I have learned. Um, I've learned to delight and celebrate with team members when they succeed. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, one of the things that I, that I was, one of the eight things that I wish I knew was the importance of that. The, it is so important that, because I, I wrote down at first, celebrate the wins with your team members. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I've, I've got to preface that with something want to celebrate the wins mm. of the team members. If you want to celebrate the, 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 uh, the wins of your team members, you're going to be more proactive in putting them in the position where, where they're they going win. Where they're going to win, yeah. Okay. And, and uh, how many people like to go to parties? Not everybody's not a party goer. Not everybody, but but okay. yeah, most people. Okay. Yes, a lot of people like to go to parties. Can we can we say this with some degree of confidence that there's more people who want to go to parties than want to plan the party? Uh, 
I think with very much certainty, yeah. yes. Yeah, because it, to, to have a good party, there has to be some planning to put all the elements of that together. And I think a leader who wants to celebrate the wins of his, of his team and his individual team members has to, has to want to be proactive in putting in place all of the ingredients to have that celebration. Mm-hmm. And th- that's a great celebration. Yep. It is really a great celebration. Awesome. Awesome. So that's two. We, that's two. Yeah. Well, I actually got more, oh, did than, you get more, okay. more than two, you know. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so next, number three. Number three. Number three. Here number we go. Number three. Listen more. Listen more. Tell me more. I'm listening. You're, you're, <laughs> but I love this one. I could not agree more. L- listen more. Listen more because, and this goes back to being the smartest person in the room, if, if, if you don't, not, a, not just listen more, but listen first. Hmm. And you can you can listen first, as and 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 take that as part of your market research to validate some of the things that you might be coming. Uh, you know, a leader has it should be a visionary at some point in time. It's not always they're not always in a visionary position, but mm-hmm. you know, um, you you don't you don't get to one hundred podcasts. You know, in education, if you haven't had a vision to reach people outside of your your geography, mm-hmm. outside of your school, your campus. Um, and so you have this vision to do something. Well, le- most leaders have visions. They're, they're heads of organizations or departments. They're working with other people. Um, it's wise for that person to listen, to get feedback, to hear what other people have to say on that particular subject. And oftentimes, the leader needs to give the opportunity to exp- for the team members to express themselves before he expresses himself. And this is, this mm-hmm. is maybe my, the, the thing that I've learned intellectually. Uh, experientially, I'm, I'm two or three steps behind. Sure. And I and I say it this way. Uh, I have to. I ha- in in a conversation with with my team. If I cut the channel, everybody's going to flow behind me. Mm. So I've got to be very cautious about what I say in setting up a conversation because they're coming behind they're, they're coming, coming behind, behind me yeah. you know and if they come behind me i might not be hearing the truth i might be going mm-hmm. you know i might be flowing out of the bank in the in a wrong direction but most people uh, are going to follow the leader they you know you play that in elementary sure. school you do sure. whatever they follow the leader if the leader cuts the channel in that direction people are going to flow behind them I have been in, in good ways and, and bad, in bad ways, ways and bad ways. I have been in staff meetings where 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 leaders uh, will will make a statement or ask for a particular result, 
And let's say there's 10 people in the room and, they, and, uh, and the leader has asked that the same question for everyone. The first person who answers that question is going to set the bar mm-hmm. and nobody's going to run underneath the bar because they know that the bar has been set here. The expectation, I, I can't, it can't be less than that. And in the same dynamic as at work, if the leader sets a bar someplace that's unrealistic, they might shut themselves off from hearing a truth that is their friend that they might not like to hear. Mm. And if they, if they give the freedom mm. for their team to, to speak first, and then not shut them down, but to consider that and then work with the team to, to, to actually have an honest dialogue and see whether or not the team can arrive at a mutually agreeable yes. solution. And that is, gosh, I like that one. Not easy. Not always no, easy. No, but... Because you have to be very vulnerable. It's, it's a very scary thing to sometimes do that. But, as you said, if the team is arriving at the destination, if the, the worst thing is to like, hey, let's go. And then you turn around and no one's behind yeah. you. Or they're dragging their feet, grumbling to well, follow you. Well, one of, the, one of the, let's talk about ownership. Mm-hmm. Okay? Talk about ownership. If I come in and cut the channel, everybody follows behind me. What kind of ownership do I have in the, on the part of the staff? Yeah. What kind of buy-in do I have? What, how are they emotionally invested? What contributions have they made? Zip. Yeah. None. But if we have that difficult conversation and we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and we, we take something from over here and something else from over there... When we leave that meeting and we've got a consensus, it's ours. It was, it, it was our idea. It wasn't his idea or her idea. It was our idea. Yeah. And and there's also an acknowledgement. You may have a better idea. You may have better ideas than I do. I mean, I freely say, like, guys, help me out here. <clears throat> Brent, you're in the process of of writing another book. I okay, am. so you know that every Every writer needs a good editor. Correct. Right? And there's a role of, of that, that editor. If, if I'm a writer, and I am, okay, but I have to have a recognition that there's people who are better than I am at the editing process, tightening up a word, making sure that the punctuation mm-hmm. is correct. I, I, this sentence here is unclear. If I think I am the be-all and end-all there, and that's what I present to the team, I'm going to pre- I'm going to produce, publish an inferior product, and people out there are going to know it. So I would rather I would rather sandpaper and get it sure. smoothed down inside the room. Going back to the smartest person in the room, and from a writing perspective, mm-hmm. if you think you're the smartest person mm-hmm. in the room and you know it all, you're going to publish an inferior product because, and the people who read it will recognize some of the mistakes that we were too arrogant to acknowledge that maybe somebody could have caught that. Mm-hmm. So, very. So, so the, the, uh, and, and the, um, 
you know, uh, you know, in in my retirement that that uh, has just come up, I've been able to do some. I, I've been empowered mm-hmm. by by my boss to do some things uh, to to allow my creativity to be expressed, and he acknowledges that. But I also acknowledge that he acknowledges it. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge I've been able to bring a lot to the table because he's allowed me to. And that's critical when it comes to buy-in and and taking a project and working it together to get to a common goal. And as you said that, it made me think of if if, if you're listening to this and you're in the position that Again, everyone is a leader of someone, but if if the leader of you, whoever is your superior, your supervisor, and they are doing kind of what you, Dad, are talking about and allowing you to bring ideas to the table, how important is that to acknowledge that? Because I think some of you right now may be listening thinking like, yeah, my boss doesn't let me do that. My boss cuts the channel by himself or herself and doesn't ask for our input. So when you when you have that kind of leader acknowledging that and potentially expressing thankfulness. Hey, thanks for letting me bring that. I, I really appreciate you letting me, because that's going to encourage that leader to let you do it more. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and go back to the lead on the leader side. Um, when, when something comes up, make sure, make sure you go back to that, the leadership pronoun. We. We. We got there because I've also been in situations where it, it it was it was expressed by the leader as an I, mm. which wasn't true. That's a violation of integrity Ooh. among other things. Okay, and your Taking team cre- know they took he took credit he, for they take credit yeah. for something that mm. uh, and you know it's it's like. Always better to give credit, more credit to those around you than the, and, up, than the other way. And do it externally. Don't do it just in the conference room. Mm-hmm. Do it to do it. Do it where it can share. Going to don't see. don't be so effusive in your in your affirmation that it that it starts to sound like you know the, the this is this is not good. But don't be afraid to promote. In the in yeah. the in the in the verbal sense, promote the accomplishments of your people to their peers and your peers. Um, that will build a loyalty, because one of the things that a leader wants to do. We've been talking about a team. We've been talking about hiring A's. There's a risk there that those A's are going to move into another position. You're going to lose those people eventually, but that's... You you will lose some. Some will stick around because of the relationship Mm. and the value that they have from from being affirmed in that that situation. I I have someone who, who left us and went to a much higher... A paying position, and then a couple of years later, I got a, I got a, I got word from another, from another staff member, 
that this person wanted to come back. And I, I didn't think it would be possible because the financial hit was too great. That person is back. That person is contributing. Why? Because there's a recognition that they are valued and they were in another position where they weren't valued. Value your people. That's what I meant when, um, part of what I meant when you, you want to celebrate the success of your people. Um, you want to acknowledge their contributions. You want to distribute success and, and the, the um, you want to be able to distribute and acknowledge that the people on your team that have been there and contributed, they know that you know. Yeah. And that they know that you know their value so much and you're confident enough about yourself to, to, to tell others. Yeah. And yes, going back two minutes to, to when you said you're going to lose people, you will lose people. Mm -hmm. To the benefit of others in a different organization or a different team or a different school if you're in education. But you will have a reputation of a mentor mm -hmm. that will attract other people who are also A's, but they just don't have the experience level sure. yet. Yeah. And where would they like to gather that? They'd like to gather it in a place where they aren't taken for granted. They are valued. They are able to contribute. Yeah. Well, and you said in the example of the person who left, left the organization for a higher paying job, but came back later because he felt valued and it just feeling valued can contain more value than monetary value. And that's, I mean, how many people will take a lower paying job, but feel valued, feel, feel appreciated. I mean, we wouldn't do our, I mean, getting paid is nice. We wouldn't do everything for free, but money's not everything. Well, and, and I, I recall the statistic, I don't know if it's valid today, but it was 50 years ago uh, when I heard that uh, the number one, one, number one reason that people cite for leaving a job is money. But the number for the, but, but if you ask somebody who's content in their job where money ranks, it's fourth. Mm. There's a whole lot more contributing factors and that's going to come from leadership. From leadership. That's going to come from yeah. leadership. Um, we don't have we don't have six more, by the way. Here. No, we, we we are going. We're going to do one more, and then we are going to break, and we'll have a part two. Because so give it give us give us number four, and then we'll break, and we'll have it. We'll come back in the next episode, number one hundred one. How about that? <laughs> for uh, for the next four. So what's number four? Things you wish you knew when you started that if you don't share expectations, conflict is inevitable. Mm. You must share, your team must share expectations. They must share the same expectation. You need, if you're, if you're in a, if you're in a, a private enterprise in a non-education uh, environment, uh, it's called the elevator speech. What is it that you're doing? What is expected of me? Uh, it comes down to uh, a job 
descriptions. Mm -hmm. This is this is this is what we expect. If we're working on a project, if you've got seven people working on a project and they don't share the same expectation, they're going to come to different conclusions and you're going to have a mess on your hands yeah. because there's going to be conflict coming up, you know, it's somewhere along the line in that process. And from a classroom perspective, I know that when I was in the classroom, on the very first, and pretty much every single teacher does this, on the first day of school, what do you do? You go through your expectations, your, your classroom mm -hmm. rules, but, but typically now we, we don't refer to them as rules, they're expectations. Mm -hmm. And so often I will see teachers, they will come up together and go over things and boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, these are the expectations. What do you think of those? And I've even been in classrooms where I've had a, they come up with their own. I used to have, Mr. Coley, I think we should have, like, some of them said, Mr. Coley, I think we should say please and thank you. That, that, was, that was one that became one of our expectations. Yes, it was one of mine, but that was what students came up with. That was their expectation. And I think, again, whether you're education, business, nonprofit, profit, I mean, it doesn't matter. I could not agree more. But from an educator's perspective, every teacher right now is nodding your head because yeah. you do it on the first day of school. Well, and, and please and thank you are just labels on top of a bigger package. Yes. Okay. What they're really talking about is is kind behavior. Kind behavior. Because that's what they expect. Uh, that's what they want. That's what they want. Students okay. expect people to be nice. I mean, we've got a slogan, be nice. It's be nice Thursdays. We've got shirts and be nice it's what they it's what we expect it's what kids expect but if i don't as the teacher as the leader of that classroom or as now the principal of the school if i don't clearly communicate this isn't just a rule I, again i've i've shied away i don't like the term rule mm -hmm. as much as it's an ex, it's what we expect now what i expect it's what we expect well and and there's there's an authoritarian approach to the rule or connotation to the rule. Sure. Uh, where if we have expectations that we share, uh, there there's some agreement. That yeah, rule is usually because I said so. An expectation is, are we all in agreement that this is what we all want? Yeah. Okay. So that means that we're all going to do our best or do our part to meet these expectations yeah and and this this goes back to you know uh to integrity and 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 uh, somebody who would hand out a book uh, you know we're we're gonna our leadership oh. team is mm -hmm. going to go through this book um and then the leader falls, falls the very shy of, of 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 that and that doesn't mean that that the leader doesn't have the opportunity to make the final decision, uh, it's it's and, and it doesn't give license to somebody on the team to withhold their approval and sabotage the project. Mm -hmm. All right, but you have you go through that process. You're going to be better off because one of the things that happens in the process is that there's going to be um, a, a much greater level of communication, a sharing ideas that are going back and forth and back and forth that will help to, to uh, define what the project is, what the expectation is. Without that communication, without that sharing, 
you may leave the room believing one thing is true Mm -hmm. and I'm going to because it's something else because you have applied a different interpretation to a word or to a sentence or to a look that I have and that's where you have that unshared expectation and that will ultimately result in butting of heads. Or poorly communicated expectations. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking too of times where I gave an assignment and students are turning something in and it's not what in my mind, this is not what I said I wanted. Now, if one student does it, but when you start seeing multiple students doing it in different ways, now that comes back to me that, okay, and even now as a leader, I, 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 I put something out and I'm not getting the response I want. I have to look back and say, hmm, did I clearly communicate my expectations? Apparently not. I thought I did, but the evidence would suggest otherwise. <laughs> because if I did, I would be probably getting a better response. So True. Well, all right. So we're halfway through, but we're already over, I think, a half hour. So we're going to pause here. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for this. Um, There's more where this came from. So again, if you have not already done so, there's 99 episodes before this one. So you can feel free to go back and... uh, I recommend starting with episode six. My dad says number six is is where you should start because uh, he's got a special connection with that guest as well. But uh, again... Subscribe to the podcast or uh, in any of the, your favorite podcatchers, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can listen directly on the website at brentcoley.com. And we're going to sign off now, but tune in for uh, episode 101. We're going to continue this conversation with the last four things that my dad wished he knew when he started. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in episode 101.